Welcome to the Simply Adulting Podcast, a community created by myself, Dee, and my co-host, Amu, to share, reflect, and dissect issues affecting us while coming out inspired. We are available on all platforms, including YouTube, for video content. For now, sit back and enjoy. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Simply Adulting Podcast. My name is Dee, and I'm joined here by my wonderful co-host... Amul. Yeah, Amul. Um, I hope you guys had a wonderful and restful week, and I hope you guys didn't spend way too much money in Black Friday, and you still have some money left in your pocket for the festive season. How was your week, Amul? It was quite good. I had a good week. Um, from Monday, I thought I wasn't going to survive because my legs were so painful. I could not walk uh, because I took a hike on the Saturday. Oh, yeah. You climbed the highest mountain in Korea, the highest one. Yep. So I was very, very tired. And my week went smoothly, funny enough. Although I was struggling to walk the entire time, we were happy this side. <laughs> How was your week? That's good. Um, my week was also pretty good. Um, yeah, it wasn't very eventful. Just a good, quiet, non-eventful week. Mm, mm. Mm. Okay, well, that's good. Speaking of, yeah. you didn't speak, you didn't get your Fitbits. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I didn't. I ended up deciding that my little young one that I've got over here will be just right. It's enough for me. But I did get boots, <laughs> but they weren't on the sale. I just happened to also get them on Friday. Oh, okay, makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah, I didn't get anything. Hmm. And yeah, I'm okay with that. <laughs> I'm okay with that. But That's yeah, good. so speaking of climbing mountains and conquering, mm -hmm. uh, just this week, I was busy posting and pushing this documentary by Will Smith called The Best Shape. I, I, keep getting, I keep getting it wrong. The Best Shape of My Life, right? On YouTube. Yeah. Right. So this docu-series is on his YouTube and it was so interesting. So I was pushing it so mm -hmm. much and Dee ended up watching it. You know, I wish someone could push our content that much. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> you That's know? how you're, you're an influencer. I, I, I always say when I start, well, not always say, like as if I've known you my whole life. <laughs> But <laughs> there's like, a bunch of stuff that I've done, and I'm like, it's, well, I almost said it's cool, so I'm doing it. <laughs> I'm an influencer. I need to start getting paid. You really do. He owes me royalties, that guy. But yeah, what did you think about it, Dee? Um, I thought it was really, really good. Um, I thought that there was something really cool about the vulnerability that he showed throughout the show. Um, and that vulnerability kind of made us able or made me able to relate to him a lot more. And 
also to kind of understand certain things about myself um, and to remember certain things about myself and to reflect on certain things about myself. It's really a show that makes you think, hey, it yeah. makes you think. Yeah. It really, really does. And that's um, why I was yeah. sharing it so much. That's why I was sharing mm. it so much because it's not just entertainment or something that's just interesting. It's something that really helps you think and reflect like, you know, not only on his life, but about your own life, mm. which is quite amazing, you know? Mm. So I think we can talk about some of the things that we learned through mm. each episode. I'll start mm -hmm. with the first episode where he weighed himself in and mm -hmm. he was just looking at how much weight he had gained over the period in which he was gaining it for the role for his next movie and the period where he was just eating and he was just not working out. And that for me was such a special episode because it's very interesting to see shame and someone being vulnerable, someone mm. of that caliber being vulnerable, a celebrity like that, and a person who's always working and winning, right? I mean, yeah. the way we know him is that he wins, he wins in marriage. Well, I hope so. Um, he wins, <laughs> he wins career-wise, he's winning. Mm. And to see him vulnerable and say, I'm really ashamed at looking at myself. I don't like looking at myself. I'm ashamed that where I am right now, this is not me. That was very special to see yeah. that vulnerability. And I think it kind of also helped me own, own some of my stories and some of the things that I'm shameful about. Just to be like, yeah, you know what? This sucks. This sucks. And like, I'll work on it, you know, but this sucks. I'm going to be honest. And this sucks. What did you think about the first episode? Just him introducing the show. And I think just that part of him being vulnerable as well. What did you think? Yeah. Um, so I agree with like 95% of the things that you're saying in terms of just feeling like, um, that vulnerability that allowed us to to see that you know like we can we if he can fail so can we um, which is maybe not something that we consciously think about like about celebrities failing or succeeding or whatever it's just kind of something that we we maybe like think about deep down like okay so he seems to be succeeding at everything and you know when they do their motivational speeches it's very hard to hear them really um because it just seems like is it actually hard for you guys though like when you're like keep going keep working keep it and you're just like no no we can't keep going it's it's not easy like it is for you guys and um just my favorite part about anything anyone not just celebrities everyone well, my favorite moment with a person is always the moment when they decide to be vulnerable um, because then I can really see who they actually are. And so seeing Will in this way and then hearing some of the other things that he said because now he's been going on tour and talking about his book and all of the other stuff, 
and hearing some of his motivational speeches and hearing, just thinking back to some of the things that I've heard about him, this makes it hit a lot more home because he humanized himself a lot more. Um, and I like that a lot. And also just in that beginning part, he did show us like his way in and stuff. And then he worked out for a week and he had set a goal and then he couldn't meet it. And even in that also, the way that he kind of not necessarily fell apart, but was so disappointed in himself and like did all of these quick reactions to things. Um, I found that like quite relatable because that happens to a lot of us when we struggle with something and we fall back into either old patterns or we overcompensate and do too much. And that's kind of what it seemed like he was doing there towards the end of the first episode. Yeah. So yeah, I liked that first episode. Already the first episode was chock-a-block with stuff. (laughs) It was. (laughs) Yeah. You know, to that part about him failing in the first episode or him working so hard, but not losing weight or just and falling apart from that doesn't it remind you of diet culture and the relationship that a lot of women have with the scale because oh definitely right because just today earlier i was listening to a podcast about um the relationship that women have with their bodies and Mm -hmm. it's more about intuitive eating and just like just dismantling all the things that we learned and grew up with the, uh, all our lives, you know? So they spoke about how we go on a lot of health culture on the internet is toxic eating disorder culture, actually. Yeah. You know what I mean? That apple cider six times a day. Hello, you know? it's not it's not okay it's not okay for the system so all these things aren't okay so what tends to happen is that a lot of people i won't even make it a woman thing but the fact that you're on a diet for a week and you're expecting the scale to drop two kilograms it doesn't work like that and you're so disappointed you know and you just you just don't like yourself in that moment because the scale just showed you how much of a failure you are or you're not good enough or you didn't do what you needed to do and you just started you know so when I saw Will like almost giving up or almost feeling defeated in the first episode I was like you literally just started sir but okay we're human and that's what yeah that's what happened yeah Mm. it is I mean I I really liked also what the trainer said after that first kind of flop that he had um which is exactly what you're talking about and he said something along the lines of um he said naturally there was a reaction to to having that weight being like to having him get get a weight gain so when he did that weigh in and then there was a weight gain he said um yeah naturally he was going to to react to it and i kind of just was thinking about like what kind of tends to happen is so you're talking about that first week where we struggle or we expecting like this big change then it doesn't happen and then we get discouraged Mm. um 
Yeah. And so just the fact that the trainer, a professional, a professional. in physical fitness was like, naturally there was a reaction. So you're going, not necessarily that you will react, but even if you do, I think it's okay. Like it's all right. Um, gaining that extra pound or kilogram, it's okay. Um, failing in the first week or struggling in the first week, it's the first week. It's okay. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I think it was really nice to see. I mean, of course not nice for him, but it was, it was good to, to just see that, that side of him. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So moving on to the second episode, I wrote down some notes. This was mm. where he started accepting his weight gain. And I think he was very accepting of his goals and his circumstances versus the goals that are ahead of him. But then they spoke a lot about him working hard. So you know that phase where you accept that, okay, I do have this amount of weight that I'm going mm -hmm. to lose. Like he had 20 pounds. I do have this amount of time. And I've got a dietitian. I've got everything. I'm ready and I'm busy with my book. I'm ready. I'm going. And you just hit that. He just goes up. He shoots up to a point where he doesn't realize that it's going to come down. But I'm shooting up anyway. I'm going in because I want to maximize on my energy. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to sleep. I, I might even skip a meal or two. I mean, that means I'm going to lose more weight. So now I'm just pushing and pushing and I am going to go hard. I am going to lift. I'm going to do 30,000 steps in, instead of 20, the recommended 20, you know? I might be wrong about that. The recommended is 10, right? 10,000. I think it's supposed to be 10,000 a day, but you can do more. I don't know. Yeah, so he was just going in and in. And I remember he's, he's a therapist or psychologist. I'm not sure if she was just there to monitor his actions throughout the show or she's really there for him. I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I also but, don't know. Yeah, but she was just saying that people like this are operating on, she called it manic... I don't know if you can help me here, Dee. What is it called when a person yeah, she, over? She called uh, <laughs> She said we call it, and I was like, we do we? Um, <laughs> but maybe. But anyway, maybe they do that side. Uh, she said manic something. Um, I don't remember, but yeah, you're on the right track. Yeah, and it's very interesting to see how overworking yourself and doing too much is really unhealthy and we see it. So there's this hustle culture and this thing of push, push till you make it and don't sleep, sleep two hours a day. And people are out here bragging saying, oh, I've been up and I haven't slept for two days. Excuse me. Mm -hmm. You can get a stroke. Get some rest, bro. Yeah. Relax. 
I actually just saw a tweet literally before this conversation. This girl said um, she never used to sleep when she was studying her engineering degree and it made her so ill. And it was because of the culture. The culture is that you should never sleep. We are here with getting this degree. And sure, it does work for certain people. It actually does. There are people that can operate on two hours of sleep. I don't know how they do it. But I believe that... Not healthily. Not healthily. Definitely Mm -hmm. not healthily. And is that the secret? Have you noticed how there was a phase? I remember in entrepreneurship especially, there was a phase where the secret was team no sleep. The secret was you work super hard you try your best no friends nothing no going out nothing no definitely i I think i heard even steve harvey saying something like you know what's the difference between a millionaire and you or something like that and he was like yeah while you're sleeping that millionaire is up making money, finding new ways to do blah, 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 blah. And I mean, that was, and that's okay. Like it's it's fine to be that person who just wakes up and works and works and works. And then you kind of made to feel guilty. And I think this, this is more particularly, I don't know, but I see it more particularly um, among men Mm. as being the thing, um, that if you're out here trying to not hustle or if you're trying to um, have a good time more than you're trying to make the guap, make the money, then you're not, you're not really being a man because you need to provide above and above and above and beyond. Um, but yeah, I don't want to speak too much on behalf of men because I don't know <laughs> what's the actual situation, but that's kind of like the trend that I saw online for a long time and even um you know strong independent woman kind of vibes also we're kind of like if we don't work that hard and never sleep and um trying to limit going out and being with friends and these spa weekends and whilst you're out at your spa weekend i'm busy doing this and this and this and it's just like okay but to what to what end to what end are you going to keep fighting to be the best at everything? Um, or rather at what cost? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. At what cost? I don't know. I think Oprah definitely slept. So <laughs> if Oprah slept and she got her eight hours in, I'm going to get my eight hours in, <laughs> you know, um, But yeah, there's definitely that thing. I also see this postpartum body thing as well. So I was, I mean, there's a lot of shows that show us about weight and transformation. But when the celebrity is doing it, it's really, really cool. And I think that that's what really stood out for me. But I just wondered... If all the celebrities that have given birth really showed us the struggle and the teams that they have behind them, because they have teams, 
they have dietitians and they have everyone around them. If they could show us that process, it would really show how not so easy it is and that it shouldn't be an expectation of women for women to just bounce back easily after having a child. I mean, there's so many things that happen and it's so strange how everyone thinks that the natural thing or the order is to bounce back. But <laughs> yeah, no, that I think that's even an entire conversation on its own that has a lot of different types of expectations that are placed on women um, and sudden expectations that are placed on, on moms. Um, and briefly, I will tell you, I remember that an unnamed aunt who came over just after I had given birth, it had maybe been like two months only. And she was like, not even two months, the first month. And she was like, um, so what are we doing about this body? And I'm like, when this kid just came out of me five seconds ago, just relax. And she was like, no, 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 no. There's this trick that I know. Come, let me show you. So you know, she showed, she was trying to show me what it was, but I told her that, nah, I can't be about this life. But it was essentially tying scarves to your stomach, tying scarves to the, to your stomach, but like not, not a little bit, like a corset, like, you know, oh. this is what I was thinking when she, she was doing it. You know, that scene on Titanic when, I don't know, when her mother's busy telling her that she has to marry that guy and she's getting her mother's busy telling her and Rose, they're just like, hey. It, like that yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's exactly what was happening and I was like I can't even I literally had that thing on for five minutes and I was like I can't like it's not worth it then I don't want the body then um and that was just one of a series of things mm. um over and over again that came after that um expecting like okay but how about that other lady she was able to lose weight look like what's still happening with you and um yeah, I think though that's 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 a whole other podcast on its own. Yeah. But you're right. If people were if more celebrities particularly were more transparent like this, I think it would be a lot more a lot more helpful and people wouldn't feel as bad about themselves and their bodies as as they do. Yeah. Particularly those ones with the Ks. Uh Girl, <laughs> my mind and your mind <laughs> are like this wavelength. Yeah, those Ks. The Ks need to be honest because they are about everything. About everything. And they yeah. are. And the thing is that they fight so hard in the media, like as if as if someone is lying on them. And it's just like, but your nose didn't look like that the last time we saw you. Please stop it. Your bum could not be, it can't physically. And by nature, there is no way that your bum could be this way. And I remember what, um, what's her name? The, uh, the, she, uh, Kylie, yeah. Kylie once said, Kylie once said, ah, a lot of people think that I did surgery, but like, um, it's like really amazing what like, uh, oh, people don't realize what good lip fillers um, can do. And it's just like, but it's not only lip fillers, girl. We're not stupid. We're, like, not, we we're not stupid. You we literally, 
she literally disappeared from the scene for a couple of months and came back with a new body. This it's okay. That's what you did. Just say it. Like stop telling people to go to gym. Stop telling people. And actually, they've been more quiet about the gym thing because they know, you know. But like, just be honest. No, not even that quiet because. Here's the other thing that also annoys me is that on the show, they want to kind of show that, oh yeah, no, we don't, the reason why we look like this is because we only ever eat healthy. And we, the only person I can truly believe eats super healthy is Courtney because she's like an extra vegan, no gluten, no nothing. (laughs) But like everybody else, please stop lying. So when they do these gym sessions that they're showing us, with your lashes, with your makeup, with, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Well, whilst you're pouting, you're doing those drills and you're like, yeah, no, stop it, stop it. And although the best stop shape it. of my life is a show, I mean, we can't now be, mm. you know, we can't now be ignorant and say, well, it was real. Yeah, it's, a lot of it isn't real. Um, it is a show, but I like how they did try to be authentic. I feel like it was authentic, but obviously because it's a show, the the lights do come on. Hey, we're shooting. Cut. You know, that happens. But for the mere fact that there was authenticity in how he was dressed, in how he was mm-hmm. skipping workouts, in how he was tired, physically you could see how tired he was mm. versus people in the gym with mm. with lipstick on. Mm. And they still- and yeah, I think one of the other things that I I don't remember if it was in the first or the second episode that he said, <clears throat> um, and I won't try to quote it because I won't get it right, but he said something along the lines of. Um, when you're trying to get in shape, when you're trying to, uh, yeah, basically when you're trying to get in shape, when you're trying to sculpt your body, that is the time when you learn things, general things about life, mm-hmm. um, self-control, discipline, and, you know, those kinds of things. And yeah, I, I really, I really like that, that statement and how true it is that when you're trying to get in shape, some of the things that can also stand in your way is your mind, just your mindset and where you're at and how you're kind of going about it. And I remember that we had spoken about it a little bit in the goal setting episode. Um, and you said, you need to remember your why. Yeah. Yeah. And that was, that was really powerful. And it reminded me of that when he said that. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. So Moving on to the third episode, um, he started neglecting his book. So now that hyper focus, that hyper that hyper focus attitude and go getter attitude is just not enough to finish everything because you're a human being and you have twenty four hours. So you just can't spread yourself like that. And I was like, okay, he's dipping Mm -hmm. and he's going down. And then on episode four, he quits the show. 
Spoiler alerts, guys. I don't know. Maybe, maybe we need to do that. Spoiler. You don't say spoiler alert after you spoil this. <laughs> um, we'll put it in the description beforehand. Yeah. That is going to be hella spoiler alert. Um, yeah. But if you've gotten this far, we've spoiled a lot yeah. for you. <laughs> Sorry. But yeah, you could. What did you think about that? So just kind of going back a little bit in the other episodes as well, somewhere. Mm. I, I can't actually, rem- I don't remember which episode, what happened when, but um, there was a point when the psychologist said, um, when she said that control, control is an illusion, that he wants to be in control all the time and um being able to work out in a certain way and being able to succeed in all of the things that he does um, is just a form of trying to control his situation and control is an illusion and it comes from fear. And that was very powerful as well on its own. And I think when it comes to him quitting, it's like, it's out of control. Like, He's trying to work out and it's not working. He's trying to write this book and it's not working. Um, And we don't know what else, what other factors in his life aren't working. So it's like the things that he was trying to control and starting again from the first episode where the show was supposed to be something else and then it didn't turn out to be the way that he planned. And I think by by the fourth episode that we're watching, um, because now it's almost as if we're watching behind the scenes of what should have happened. Mm. And I think by the time that he fails, it's just like, I've lost control of so many different things and I'm uncomfortable because I don't feel like I can control the outcome of what's going on. I said 20 pounds in 20 weeks, it's no longer happening. Mm. So I can't be a part of this anymore. Um, yeah. So I thought, I thought it was, um, it was reflective. It was reflective of what we all do. It was reflective of what we all do. Um, New Year's resolutions, we quit by February, um, you know? <laughs> yep. And that's, that's just the, the first and easiest thing I can think of, but so many other things as well. We think of things, we start things, we struggle, we quit. Mm. And you would think that someone who has succeeded quite as much as he did, um, and I'm going to quote throughout this this, uh, conversation, but there's a part where he said, from I am legend to I am luggage, (laughs) you know. (laughs) And yeah, that's kind of like what we what we feel like, you know, in the beginning, we are all powered up and hyped up and we're going to do this thing. We're going to start that business. We're going to start that podcast shout out to us we're still going and you know we're gonna do all of these things and then it gets hard and we're like nah 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 nah. Mm -mm. we can't control the outcome therefore we're out yeah what did you think about it i think first of all when he walked off set Mm -hmm. i could see in his body language that he was done you know that kind of quitting where you don't look at the people you even like yeah yeah Mm -hmm. you know like whatever goodbye you know and i was like yeah shame it's 
it really is over. He's looking down, his eyes are red, he's ashamed, he's embarrassed, but he still wants to quit. So mm-hmm. he wishes he did, he wasn't at this point of quitting, but he, he he's phrasing it as something to be his choice. He's phrasing it as his choice. I choose to quit. I think that this journey is distracting me from, you know, and I think we're filming too much. And I'm like, yeah, mm, yeah, we do that when we quit sometimes. Control. Yes. I feel like school is very, it doesn't work for me. I feel like when I go to class, this was, this was what's, what's happening in class. I feel like my lecturer is like this. And we say it with so much shame because deep down it's like, I just can't do it. I'm just really tired. And I really hate that I am, but I'm done. I don't mm-hmm. even know why I'm done. I just can't. So, yeah, that was the first thing that I noticed. And I was like, wow, this, this is really how, how it always is. And another thing is, it kind of reminded me that Quitting doesn't mean that it's over. Mm-mm. It just means things change. Mm. So like, sure, you you didn't finish. Sure, I didn't finish this thing or I quit halfway. But a lot of things and a lot of people and the hustle culture and everything else makes it seem like quitting is the end. Like you're never going to move past the thing that you quit. You do. Because you do. You do. Life is a journey. After a very long time, you're going to forget that you quit it. I quit guitar. I don't care right now. (laughs) When were you playing guitar? In university. Wow. And I was going to be a guitarist or were you? What was the sitch? I was just enjoying performing and I just wanted to be a person that knows how to play an instrument. Okay. And I invested so much time and energy in it, Mm. but I quit. And then I sold the guitar and my dad was like, I knew you were going to quit, number one. And I bought that guitar myself and it was so expensive at that time. It was like, 900 rand for a student Ah. yeah so i I was yeah that's a lot so i was really like ready to learn and i was going for classes that was like that were like maybe 280 per session i was serious and i quit does it matter right now no it doesn't does it reflect the person that I am going to be. No, it doesn't. Does it show? Do you understand? Mm. Does it now, is it relevant right now? No. Does it, does it say anything about my character right now? No. Mm. You know, mm. and sure, it could be a guitar. I know compared to things like school and compared to things like a certain job or a certain lifestyle, it's mm. much deeper. But it doesn't mean that you just can't go back. You can't go mm. back. It's over. Mm. You have mm. 40 years yeah. ahead of you. Yep. Yep. You're so right. Like your 
your failures and your struggles do not represent who you are. Yeah. Not whilst you're failing and not who you're going to become either. Absolutely. Yeah. So that was very interesting. Mm-hmm. Moving on to, I think, the most important parts. These were the last few episodes. Childhood trauma. Mm. So he he gets into the book more with the last few episodes. Um, I think from episode, no, just episode five and six, basically, right? Because mm. there's only six and they're very short as well. So he gets into childhood trauma and how he's trying to heal. He didn't even, he's not even healed and he's not even there yet, but how he's Mm. trying and the steps that he's taking. And I was blown away by that because we, you and I right now, I think we take our childhood trauma very seriously but it took, personally, it took a very long time, a long time to be like, yeah, it's real. Like, I'm going to acknowledge this trauma and call it what it is instead of mm. saying, but, uh, but you were a child. Mm. What did you think about that? So the whole childhood trauma thing was actually a theme it seems already from the first episode because um, he spoke here and there about when I was a kid, I used to be very imaginative. And then he spoke a lot about, how, uh, you know, daddy, um, his dad and the things that he learned from his father from the first episode and throughout the series. It's just that in these last episodes, like you're saying, we really got into it. And It almost seems as though when you hear psychologists, therapists, counselors talk about childhood traumas, it's like you want to switch off because it's ugh, it's such a cliche. Really? That's where you're going to take everything to, you know, I didn't have a bad childhood. But it's not necessarily about having a bad childhood, right? And um, I think... I think a lot of the time, like you're saying, it's taken a long time for you, for me also, it's taken a long time to be able to even identify certain things as being traumas because you hear the word trauma and you also want to automatically switch it off because you're like, trauma is too harsh. Like it's too deep a word. I did not experience trauma. There's people who've really experienced trauma. What I experienced was not trauma, but it could have been. It really could have been. And a lot of the things that happened to us as kids or that happened around us or that we see, that we witness, that we take in, um, those things affect who we are. And we can see how it it affected Will. And what's interesting for me with Will was that when he started, he said his father was his biggest, was his hero. Um And then we kind of learn more about his dad. And then we realize that, whoa, that's, there's like, there's a dark side of his father or even like maybe 
he acknowledged more of the darker side of his father in his book than the part of his father that he felt was his hero. Um, and I think for me personally, certain things that I, I'm learning now about myself and my childhood and certain things, um, it starts from acknowledging, like you were saying, acknowledging that something happened um, no matter how small or insignificant it seems to in relation to someone else, but there's a thing that happened and, you know, it kind of shaped the way that this happens or that happens. And unfortunately, 95% of the time when we figure that out is when we have really struggled and the world has slapped us two ways from Tuesday. And then we're like, oh, snap. And you're lying on the ground in knockout and like, you know, you're struggling to get back up. And then, and then that's when you're like, mm, perhaps I should look into what was going on. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And not a lot of people do it. Not a lot of people do it. So I think will being vulnerable enough to be able to show us this will hopefully inspire other people to be brave enough to look into their own, um, into their own things. Yeah. And I will say, <laughs> as you are my, my influencer, <laughs> that, that in you looking at your childhood traumas, I started to look at my own. Mm. And so I think it's also significant to note that when you do something that's good for you, um, you may not realize it, but it could be impacting the people around you as well. And yeah, I just wanted to point that out because we're talking a lot about Will and about how like impactful his being, but I think it's also important to, to note and to remember the people around you, the people we, I think, it's the whole thing that we always speak about um, keeping your circle, like people that uplift you and people that, that help you become a better person. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I think you've, you've helped me a lot become a better person in that way. Okay. Influencer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's really good. And I'm glad I'm also helping you. I, I also feel like, I needed someone to help me too. You know, mm -hmm. I also needed that push from someone else to be like, you know, there's always a reason why you do certain things the way you do them. And it's always good to look back to try and figure out why. And once you start naming things, there's power in naming things, both good oh. and bad power. But I'll speak about the good of naming. Once you name that specific thing and you understand where it comes from, you know when it's coming and you know how to face it. So you can easily now say that, okay, I'm facing my trauma. What am I going to do about it? I'm being triggered. What am I going to do about it? Instead of covering, covering it up with addiction, trying your hardest to have a perfectionist mindset, like you're just piling up things because you're not recognizing what's going on here. So, mm -hmm. and like you said, him coming out to say that this has been something I've been dealing with. 
I actually really disliked how social media, a part of social media, not the entire one, nah, there was a part of social media that criticized him for stating somewhere in his book and in the documentary, I think, that he wanted to kill his father. He had an urge to kill his dad because of what he had done in the past. And I was, and they were saying that that's really dark. And I was like, people aren't being honest. That's the yeah. thing. Yeah. People aren't being honest. And also yeah. it's what social media loves to do this though. Social yeah. media loves to take the whole sentence will be, you know, I don't like to eat fruits because they, I'm allergic to them. And then they're like, you're anti-fruits. You don't want fruits to be grown in the world. You hate everything about fruits and therefore we are canceling you. And like, that's so dark. How can you hate fruits? And it's just like, did you hear my whole sentence? Yeah. Did, did you watch the docuseries from the first episode? Yeah. Um, did you read the whole book? I actually didn't know that because I've decided to do this thing now where I don't read comments. Um, Because I used to, I do like to read comments because there's a lot of juicy, funny things that happen in the comments, but it's also like just unnecessary. So I've started this thing um, where I don't read comments anymore. And so I didn't know that except he had an interview um, with Trevor Noah. And he spoke about that, like people talking about that particular thing that you're talking about, um, about him wanting to kill his dad. And Trevor was saying the same thing, like he was saying, but did you guys read the book though? Did you guys actually understand what was going on? And yeah, it was dark, but that's what he's saying. He had a dark moment. Like, why are you pretending like you've never had a dark moment or a dark thought? You have maybe multiple of those. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So to that point of having people around you that don't judge you when you Mm -hmm. are being vulnerable, you know, having people around you that are like, okay, I might not be able to carry you through this because I've got my own baggage, but I'm not going to look at you like you're not making sense. I'm not going to judge you. I'm not going to um, misinterpret everything that you said to me or misconstrue everything you said and make you seem insane i'm going to take in all the information and help you where i can you know and help you heal guide you if i can so having that circle like you mentioned is very important Mm -hmm. so out of Mm -hmm. out of 10 what would you rate the docu series, right? Ten. I really liked it. <laughs> okay. I really enjoyed it. Um, yeah, I really did, and I would watch it again. That's how much I enjoyed it, and I want his book. And if yeah. this was all just a, a way for us to buy the book, it worked. I'll do it. It worked. I'll buy the book. Yeah, Good marketing, bro. I'm yeah. I'm getting that book. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, last words. Wow. Um, (laughs) I think last words would be that be kinder to yourself. Let's all be kinder to ourselves Um, as the festive season approaches. And yeah, as the festive season approaches and 
we know that the new year is coming and we're going to be around family members and we're going to know friends who are doing things and um, who are maybe more successful than we are. Let's try our best not to compare ourselves to other people and let's just focus on ourselves as best as we can because sometimes it's easier said than done. And um, yeah, guys, go watch the docuseries. It's actually really good. Yeah. Free promo. Free <laughs> promo. <laughs> but yeah, I'm with you on everything that you said, like last mm. week. <laughs> but yeah, like you said, the festive season is mm-hmm. coming and you are going to see those aunts. You are going to be triggered. Some people are not going home. Some people are going to mm. be judged for their sexuality when they go home. Um, you know, it's going to be difficult. But try not to ignore what's happening. Monitor what's happening, you know. And that's how you can start breaking generational curses. Ooh. To see that, mm. okay, this is what's been happening within the family, Okay. So how do I take a step back and try and fix this for myself? So Mm. work on you. Work on you. Mm. Look at why your triggers are your triggers, like you were saying. Why why your triggers are your triggers. And I think being at home really does help that. I'm sorry. I know I said my final thoughts. Um, (laughs) But like when you're at home and you can see like why that particular aunt's things hurt you more or why this is like that. I think being at home kind of helps you to discover some of those things as well. Yeah. Yeah. All Mm. right. Well, that is a wrap from the Simply Adulting podcast. Thank you for joining us. Yeah. Don't you forget to like, comment, subscribe and (laughs) share. Share. Share, guys. Share. Share. Share like Amu shares. Yeah. Share. Make sure. (laughs) You know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right, guys. We'll see you all next time. Catch you in the next episode.